For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner as well. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat as NBA champions or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. Both of the local football teams are now in the playoffs. You can go with the Ravens or the Washington football team, whatever your preference is. So for anything from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It literally never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome into this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. We finally have a couple of wins to talk about. The Wizards are officially undefeated in the year 2021. So maybe that's all they were waiting for is just the calendar to roll over and uh, Give them a fresh start. So, so Larry, since the last time we talked, they lost to the Bulls 115-107. to 107. They lost to the Bulls 133-130. to 130. They beat the Wolves 130-109. to 109. And then last night, they beat the Nets 123-122. to 122. So, you know, what did you see that was different in these two wins compared to the, the previous five losses? Or is it just, are they gelling? Like, what, what's, the, what's the difference here? Well, I think obviously with, you know, with being a full season, they're bound to, to obviously win some games. And, you know, just looking at the wins and the losses and the sense, sense of urgency that the guys were playing with, especially, you know, after the, the, the new year against the, the Wolves and then obviously with, against the, uh, the Nets. I think it was just a sense of just urgency on not necessarily always making the, the, the right play on offense and not always being in the right spot on defense, but, it was just a – it looked like more of a want to to get to – to be more successful. It, it looked like it, they weren't willing to to give in like they were during the losses. You didn't see uh, the heads go down after a, a mistake, a turnover, a missed shot, or a missed defensive assignment. There was more chirping on, you know, how to get things right. So those were the things that I noticed within the, the, two, the two wins for sure. In all of those five losses, you know, playing Philly, Orlando, and Chicago, 
those three teams to me, like at least their cores are almost entirely the same from last year. And I'm just sort of curious what you think about, you know, that continuity being what got them kind of over the hump or, or is, am I reading too much in that? No, I, I think it takes some time, especially when you can roll the group over or run up against a group. If you played, you know, during the restart versus a team that didn't play during the restart, who's been off for a number of, months that have also brought in some new players is I think the, the Wizards would probably fall into that category. Obviously they did have a, you know, play within the restart, but Brad didn't play, John didn't play. You know, they got a, a shot from a new draft pick uh, and also Russ. So I think that there is some, some continuity that that's missed. I can see it within the Wizards play, you know, once they start that initial set, there's the, the random basketball that comes with read and react it's not necessarily there right now. There's different lineups, there are different people, different personnel in the game. So it's really, it doesn't really look good right now, but I, I would assume that they're watching film and can figure that stuff out. But that is, you know, I think that is the product of, of teams being together and knowing what they're going to rely on, especially in the fourth quarter. Did that look better to you in the Brooklyn game or is it just sort of a, eh, Brooklyn's a little disorganized and we had to win one eventually? No, I think that there was effort. I think that there was effort in a one. I think the trash talking has something to do with it. Like we said, there's not any fans there. So when you go to the arena to put on, like you you want to represent the last name on your back. You want to represent the guys that's on the front of your jersey. But it's a lot of people in the stands that you want to give an extra effort for or put on for. Or they may be the first time seeing you play. So when you have a little bit of trash talking and things of that nature, when it's all in in, in you know the competitive spirit, I think that does something for you. And I, I saw a little bit of that. Let's really go out and compete sort of energy without, like I said, just waiting for the, the negative to happen. I didn't see them waiting for, you know, something just to collapse on top of them. I saw them pushing back. So I would say that it's because of the Wizards, right? I mean, the, yeah. the Nets were doing what they're going to do. They're all over the place. But the Wizards didn't. They pushed back. And that, that was a good sign. I think we, and we spent a lot of time on the last episode talking about strategy and, and you were really harping on finding an identity. And I think last night and a little bit in the Wolves game was the first time I sort of got a sense for like what maybe they were trying to do, at least offensively. And it was a little closer to how uh, Houston used Westbrook when he had that good stretch last year of posting him up on smaller guys and, and kind of spreading the floor around him. And I thought they really took advantage of, of Kyrie specifically but but also let Rui kind of work on smaller guys and, and just tried to put shooting around them as much as they could to, to you know, to, to make sure that they weren't getting doubled and things like that. And, and I didn't get that sense, at least in the first couple of games. It looks like that they may be more focused. They may understand that process just a little bit better. Um, but again, it it looked to me that they didn't fold. They weren't waiting on. Mm-hmm a missed shot to determine their fate or a turnover or a bad play. They weren't waiting on that to say, okay, here we go again. There were some bad shots and some bad plays that were made, but they kept going. And I think that you you talk about the NBA in the game and just uh, how free flowing it is. uh, You just got to keep going. And that can be a definitely a takeaway from the, the team and also the coaching staff that they were focused enough to stay with the plan, then that's something that they need to, to to carry over, to take with them. If they were focused enough on their game plan within Minnesota or within, you know, the Nets that forced them to 
you know, stay the course and, and fight it out, that's what they need to, to package up and take with them. I thought last night was by far the best Westbrook had looked defensively. Um, you know, there, it was in the passing lanes. He, he played, you know, when they actually switched, like, I mean, there were still some, some ugly defensive moments. Like I, we're not suddenly like the, the mid nineties bowls all of a sudden, but like you said, the effort on the defensive end seemed better to me, at, at least. Do you think that's just, again, a product of one, the effort, but, but also knowing where other guys are going to be and what they can do and, and that sort of thing. I think it's your opponent. You know, I, I think it's your opponent. I, I think that obviously with him and KD having something going on, and I think, you know, just Kyrie being who, I mean, I think it's your opponent. Like, like I, I'm really believing that you're going to be a professional. You're going to go out and do your job a thousand percent. But the little things that go on within a game, whether it be crowd noise or whether it be somebody cheering you or booing you, like that kind of, that little stuff matters. And when you got KD, who we all know, you know, that story or don't know the story, whatever it is, he played a little bit harder. I mean, he he did. He, he played a little, he played a little bit more under control. He got to his spots to be made or missed a shot, but he wasn't so erratic with what he was doing. He was really focused on what he was trying to accomplish. And that competition does that for you. The only time I thought that almost got away from us is when he took that like 28 foot three late in the fourth quarter. And I was just like, no, no hero ball. Like we don't need that. And uh, I, I was a little worried that that Beal was going to do that, but uh, you know he made the great pass to to Brian at the end. There is part of this, like you know, when you see Brian step up offensively, you see Rui step up, Berton's coming around, Neto making some shots. Does that give them just a little more confidence in those guys and and make them more willing to pass up those shots and not try to force things as much? You you would hope so, right? It's it's a long season. The shooting is going to come and come and go. But the trust that they have within the, you know, with, with each other on if somebody's open, they're going to make that pass. If, if somebody's going to sacrifice their body to make a cut to get somebody else open, somebody's going to run the lane, you know, to get somebody, some, someone else a shot. Like those things are the things that you need to be successful. So the shooting and, and that stuff is going to come. Like Brad's been shooting the ball well. He's going to take a number of shots. Russ is going to do the same because he has the ball in his hands. But if those other guys know, that they're in, you know, that everybody's in it together, it, it helps. I mean, it, it goes a long way other than just guys, you know, feeling their way and, and now starting to make some shots. I always like the the old school reward, the big man, you know, like Thomas Bryant played harder defensively, I thought. Granted, uh, DeAndre Jordan and Jarrett Allen aren't the same offensive threats as Joel Embiid or, or Vucevic, but uh, it, it looked like he was trying to, to be more resistant, I guess, defensively. And I'm glad they, they took care of him a little bit. I like what he's doing. I, I like what he's doing. I, I think you, you, you grade him every night on his energy, yeah. not necessarily his opponent, not necessarily what they do, because you do have a lot of switching. You got good guards that are coming down. So it's, it's sometimes tough for that big guy to, to really square his guy up and, you know, to really hold him off from, from doing his job if a team is putting that five man in screen and rolls, but I would just grade him on his effort, his, his energy, you know, his, his attention to the detail, because sometimes he misses things and out of position, but he hustles so much mm-hmm. that he gives himself, himself a chance to, to make that play. So when, when I'm watching him now, we spoke about him way back when, but he's, he's doing, he's doing a really good job. And I think that they can continue to use him if his motor you know, seems to be like a Montrez Harrell type of type of motor. He's going to hang around that basket. He's going to get you extra uh, shots at the basket. So 
I will keep rewarding them. You know, keep talking to them, keep putting them in the press. You know, just just stay with them. He was real excited to be uh, one of the people that that did media availability last night. So I think that's a, that's a really good. Uh, it's, it's almost like you know what you're talking about there, Larry. Like it. Yeah, he's gonna go hard. I mean, you know those those guys like that. I mean, for for the acknowledgement of you know having a a Brad Bill on your team who's a you know an all star and an, an all NBA type of player and you know having Russ Westbrook on your on your team who's an MVP like. That's kind of stuff juices a guy up who's just out, you know, he's out there, to, you know, he's finding his way, but he's, you know, he's trying to contribute in the right ways. I thought, I mean, maybe it's product of losing and there were less nice things to say last year, but, uh, you know, they're, they're not winning a ton of games right now, but Beal and Westbrook both have made it a point to praise, you know, their younger teammates a lot in, in their media sessions too. And I think that's been that's been pretty noticeable. They had a lot of nice things to say about Bryant last night. Uh, Brooks had some interesting comments about how he's been working sort of personally one-on-one with Thomas Bryant on how to channel his energy in a positive way, I think is sort of how he phrased it. And I guess that's been a, a big point of emphasis for them is to, uh, you know, to, to make sure that, that he's kind of doing that in a productive way, whatever they're doing. I like it. Yeah. So that's what I don't know. I don't know if he's spazzing out in practice on guys or, you know, that, shoot around. I don't know if he's passing out on guys. I don't know that. You know, I, I see him on that night. He's ready to rock and roll. So I'm not trying to pull that. In. You know, it looks like he's giving the the right sort of energy from what I see. So I wouldn't try to, I wouldn't try to change what he's doing at all. Last night was also probably the first night I didn't hate watching Robin Lopez play for this team. Granted again, like Deandre Jordan's probably not going to expose you too much defensively, but uh, I gave him, I want to say eight points and five rebounds, something like that. You know, decent minutes, played like 20 minutes. I still don't understand how Wagner doesn't get consistent minutes for this team. He's played good when he's been out there. Uh, he's obviously quicker than Lopez. He shoots better. It, it just seems like it would be a better fit to me to play the way you want to play. And and he's also seemingly putting in the effort on defense. So that one, I don't really get a whole lot. Yeah, I, th- I think it's about combinations. Again, it's, it's strategy. So figuring out what the long-term game is, you know, with how the players line up and how they, what's the best fit, you know, for for each group. And I would look at Lopez now, you know, after watching a few games as a, as a space eater. Mm-hmm. And when I say space eater, he's gonna he's gonna take up space. And depending on the the, the matchup of of how the spacing is, it's hard to leave his body because he yeah. does take up so much space. He's not a center that's gonna float. Mm-hmm. Um, around and try to create an angle to go to the offensive boards. He's going to try, he's just going to hold that space. So what I do see is defenders happen to stay on his body longer before going to, you know, going to help. If that's something, that's a strategy that makes sense for them. If that's something that they're actually looking at, this is what I see, but you know, a guy that's going to hold that space. And then if the shot goes up, he, he's not jumping above the rim. He's just kind of squatting at it, you know, and, and using his body. And I I could see that with certain guys, but they keep putting him out there with Westbrook, Ish Smith, and these other guys that are non-shooters to me, where those are the guys I think would not want the paint clogged for them. So that's what I'm still just not really able to get a feel for on this team is why they're putting certain guys together. Neto seems to play more with just Beal. Ish seems to play more with just Westbrook. I don't those commas never look particularly good to me. So I don't really understand what they're going for with that. 
it, it may be one of those analytics sort of deals. Like they're, they're running the, the power synergy of, of plus minus or something like that. I guess. <laughs> uh, last night I thought was one of the few times I, we we talked about Davis Bertans and getting better looks. Last night I thought he got a couple – like he was wide open with his feet on the three point line and made one last night. I don't think I had seen an open three pointer where he was near the three point line all season. So I don't know, maybe they're just figuring out how to get him in some better spots, but that was at least mildly encouraging. Although he did still take like four or five threes where it was kind of tough to watch. Yeah. I mean, the, the three ball is great. And and obviously, like we said, you're trying to find that identity of how you're going to play and how all the players are going to play off of one, one another, but that's, it's sometimes deflating. You know, you got to just watch when you're, you know, taking those contested threes that you are, you're supposed to make because it, it is deflating when you, you swing it to a guy and, and it's 15 seconds on the shot clock and he catches and fires and on off balance three pointer. Like, so you just got to watch, you know, the, the kind of shots that you're getting because when you're trying to figure out what the identity is, you kind of, try to control what you can control and you can definitely, you know, watch the the number of like bad threes that, that he's taken. Yeah. I mean, everybody points to analytics where as like, we got to get up as many threes as we can. And I think the fundamental point is we want shots around the rim or good threes, not just heaves from 30 feet with a hand in our face. And I just don't understand why teams don't play a little like why can't you still play inside out? Like the way the Wizards did a little bit last night is, all right, Russ posted up or or even against, uh, I want to say Minnesota, he kicked it out to Neto a couple of times. Like that seems like that would be an effective way to open up some space. Well, I don't think everyone can be the, you know, a three-point shooting team, you know, that's going to rely on that. So you have to be mindful of that. And then it's just a matter of, like I said, just those shots are d- deflating to, to what you're doing, deflating to the process because – you can, you know, take those quality twos. Obviously, if you're taking threes, you're getting long rebounds. So there's more rebounds. But if you're taking those quality twos, but there's a team that's built like Portland or Houston that's going to take a ton of threes, then at some point in time, you got to kind of meet their, you know, meet their output level. But I think, again, you have a strategy, you have a game plan, and you figure it out from there. Going back to sort of personnel here a little bit, last week we we had a situation where they blew, basically blew, in my opinion, two winnable games against Chicago. Uh, and in the second one, Isak Bonga went from starting to not playing a single minute, which, okay, that's it's a little uncommon, I would think, where a guy just goes from starter to totally out of the rotation unless he did something, you know, that sort of merit that. But Brooks spent a lot of the time talking about how they couldn't get stops on the perimeter and he's probably objectively your best wing defender. So if you're going to say, okay, great, we couldn't stop anybody, but then say when, when asked if Bonga, you know, did something to follow the lineup, you just say, well, someone's got to not play. And tonight was just his night. We had to pick somebody. I just don't understand the rationale there. And I would got to think that's bad for team morale or unless they're explaining that to him, how he fell out of the rotation entirely. What have you seen with that particular situation? Well, I think that there has to be communication that's, that's, you know, that a coach is having with the player that's, that's more than, you know, one or two word answer or soundbite uh, from a question that's, that's asked. 
So I would hope that you're having the communication. And for me to just to speculate, but I can't speak from experience that normally if you are falling out of, of the rotation, they're going to you know look at a different guy. Then the coach is going to have that conversation. It's not a, it's it's not you know something that happens you know on game day or or even to the point of of early on in the season you know where you're really trying to figure out you know what you have overall. It's an understanding of of talking about the matchup and figuring out we're going to go with this guy, you know, for the majority of the minutes. And if there's an opportunity, stay ready, you know, be prepared. So I think that, that those are the sort of conversations that I've known to, to be had. And you really have to press the coaches and, you know, the system on, you know, what sort of communication are these guys having? Because they, they obviously have to stay ready, but you have to prompt them to, you know, with that opportunity. It seems like at least, two of the three between Bonga, Brown, and Robinson end up, you know, out for an entire game at this point. And when they asked what Robinson did to get minutes the other night, and he didn't score, but I thought he hustled well and and, and played pretty decent defense at least. But Brooks basically said, well, he hadn't played the last couple games, so I felt like if he played this time, he'd be more hungry if he came in. Have you ever heard of a coach just like, sitting someone down for like three whole games and then saying like, I'm going to play you 25 minutes tonight because now I think you'll work harder. It seems odd to me. Yeah. Now for me, that's, that's kind of rec league. I mean, it's, it's kind of rec league because we we are professionals and we're preparing uh, for, for the job and to just, to, you know, just to understand what our, what our game plan is. I mean, we're, we're coming at this thing from a very high level sure. of professional basketball and strategy and how to, you know, really accomplish our goal. Uh, to be successful. So we're coming at this thing from a professional, like a, like a brain surgeon, or, I mean, we're really coming at this thing, thinking about this in those sort of, sort of, sort of terms. So to understand what the role is or what the positioning is, I think everyone should have a, a, a role of responsibility. And I think it, there should be a coach sets the roles and the responsibilities. And then the team is going to have their side bar conversation in line in, 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 in a lot of ways with what the coaches roles and responsibilities that were given, but the players are out there on the court. So they have a, a different feel. They know a different rhythm. If a player is going then it's okay to take that early three point. I mean, those are the conversations that, that the players are going to have, mm-hmm. but I think it is important if, if those guys don't have a, you know, roles and responsibilities, if it's going to change every night, that's a tough way to play. I mean, it, it's a tough way to play. Uh, even though it's, we're professional, you you have a you have something that you need to focus on, you know, as a professional player. And when you don't know, you're uncertain. You know, it, it poses a little bit of a of an issue when you actually do get a chance, or if you get a chance to get out there and play. Especially if you play well. Like it's one thing if they give you minutes and and you struggle. I, I would think mentally it'd be like, all right, well, I got to keep working to earn those minutes back. But like the one where Bonga had his best half as a wizard and then doesn't play, like if Robinson plays reasonably well, despite not scoring and then doesn't get in the next two games, I got to think that's just going to be tough for those guys to stay dialed in the whole time. But I guess we'll see how that shakes out. The the next two games, they play the 76ers on Wednesday at 7 PM and Celtics on Friday at 7 30. So our first uh, in person, uh, well, not in person, but our our first look uh, hands-on at Mr. Jason Tatum. So we'll see uh, who draws that uh, assignment. So That'll be an interesting one. Uh, Larry, just got a question for you defensively a little bit. That's been one of the big talks about this team, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think fans and and folks like myself that didn't play a game at, at a high level, we think of defense as like 
keeping your man in front of you. And, and it's just really that straightforward. But can you talk a little bit about how, you know, your scheme might be actually, I want to let this guy get by me past the three point line. And, you know, then we wall him up somewhere where it's a less efficient shot. And, and like, so how sometimes it might look bad, but that's actually what they're trying to do. It, can you break that down a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, th- there's a strategy that's in place. And you talk about, you know, defense and man-to-man defense, one-on-one defense. There's, you have to rely on your, your 50-50 guy who's supporting you on the drive on one side. And you're the guy who's, who's in a help position you know, that's, that's on the strong side with the basketball. So you're really shrinking the basketball court to send a player where you feel that you can gain the advantage. So just depending on where you're at on the court, if it's top of the key, whether it's corner, you'll have a different direction of where you're forcing that guy. I mean, if you're on the, on the baseline or closer to the corner, you know, you're going to box him in because you got the low guy, right? You got the low guy that, that rolled to the basket who can now come out and support you uh, on that baseline side. So you don't want to allow that guy to get back to the top of the court or even towards the middle. So you're boxing them in and sending them to where you have numbers. And I think it's it's always a numbers game, you know, when playing defense is using the sideline or the baseline or half court, Mm -hmm. you know, as your, as your other defender, you know, as your advantage. So anytime you can force a player into a crowded space where, you you have the numbers, whether it's, you know, two players in the, in the sideline or two players in the baseline, you want to make sure that you have the numbers. So however you get to the advantage, I think that that's how your defense should be set up is to send them into a position where uh, you have more numbers. It seemed like the first couple of games, they were switching more on things than I can remember the Wizards traditionally doing under Scott Brooks. And I didn't see that last night as much. I don't know, maybe I just wasn't as aware of it, but is that something that changes based on like team by team matchup or is it just them sort of tweaking their, maybe their overall principles that they're going with or, or just how, how does that work? How much do you skew from sort of your base defense, I guess? Well, I think, I think switching is a part of the game today. I mean, especially you have so many uh, skilled players uh, with any advantage that you get of any sort of angle, they're going to take advantage of that angle. So when we talk about switching, it's more of, a, of an aggressive switch where you create the action. What, what you see a lot of times now is you see the point switch. Like a guy's running one direction and the defender, they don't want to go all the way with them, so they just point. Mm. And essentially that's really giving the, the offensive player an advantage because there's no resistance, there's no action towards the, the ball handler, there's no stopping the ball from going whichever direction they want to go. But if you get teams when they actually aggressively switch where, you know, they're coming together, the, you know, the roll man, he wanted to pop, but the guy was low and under him. No, excuse me, the guy, he wanted to roll, but the guy was under him, you know, playing defense. So he had to pop, you know, it takes them out of what they're doing. Now, if a guy's coming to screen and you're switching and you're getting a roll down and there's no resistance, then the team's going to run that 50 times a night. Yeah. Right. So it's just about how you switch and, what, what you don't want to get into is, is the point and switch, meaning you're not giving any sort of resistance to that guy with the basketball. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. I, I, yeah, well, I was just sitting there last night and just, I, I don't know, it's something looked different. And, and I, I, again, I think it goes back to what you started the show with too, is just the effort of, all right, I'm, I'm following this guy and he's not getting by me. That's it. Because those two guys, they were going to embarrass you. Right. I mean, yeah. they were going to embarrass you. 
Uh, these guys are, are headlining, you know, all the sports center, all the, the, the t- they're going to headline everything. So if you don't go out and you don't compete, like those guys are going to embarrass you and you, you're going to feel it. And that, that, that plays a part in, in, in what these guys do. The one highlight that's been circulating is the basically Durant putting uh, Rui Hachimura on skates last night and he didn't end up getting any actual points for it, but, but that video has been played over and over and over again. It was on sports center and all that stuff, but the, the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, you know, I want to say it was the NBC sports crew tweeted out about how uh, Durant shot one of seven or one, went one for seven with Hachimura guarding him directly. And so Rui is now uh, apparently an amazing defender. I thought his effort has been really good this season. He's tried to use his strength. I don't know that I would call him a lockdown defender yet, I think, but but he made Durant's life reasonably tough, I thought. What, what did you like from or see from him last night, and did you like it? Well, what I did like was on that play that KD had Hachi, you know, going every direction is, I think it was Thomas Bryant, who was underneath the basket, had his back, who was coming mm-hmm. over to support him on the drive. Yeah. So it is what it is. There's no way you can stay in front of any of these guys when they got a live dribble. What you're really trying to do is make them change direction and go a different way. He did his job. Thomas Bryan was coming over to do his job. I mean, I'm, I'm living with that. You know, I'm, I'm living with that make or miss. But as far as, like, the defense, and I think you let the other teams, you know, scout around your ability to play defense, meaning if – you go out and you compete and you make it tough on guys night in and night out, whether you, you can be called a lockdown defender because you're doing so much switching. I, I, I think that, that that's irrelevant at this point. But I think if you get other teams to game plan around your ability to play defense, then you have something because things that they like to do. And if you're strong on that wing or, you know, that elbow uh, and at 45, if you play really good defense and don't allow any sort of penetration or any sort of action you know, towards the basket, that's going to stop them from doing something that they love to do. And that's how you affect the basketball game in just different ways. So it's, it's tough to lock people down. I, I just want to make you take a tough shot, yeah. contest it, and be in position to rebound the basketball. And he's, he's a big, strong guy. So I, I see that if he gives effort, he can really help those guys in that position. And again, along with Thomas Bryant, that, that, that's a good combo. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, just just real quick, next two games, they play the Sixers again on Wednesday, Celtics on Friday. Any uh, any bold prediction for, for those games? You know what? It's, as far as I think that, you know, once you sniff a win, then you just get the ability to, to string some things together to find something that you're comfortable with. Uh, even if you're not necessarily comfortable with it, you know, winning a game will, will make you think that you're comfortable, <laughs> you're comfortable with it. But again, those are, are two teams that I feel like, you know, understand what they're doing. I think the Wizards are still obviously trying to figure those things out and they have a fighting chance in, in any game. I mean, when you, you place, you know, two guards out on the court, you know, in a, in, in a, a big, you know, a couple of big guys that are going to play hard each night, you, you're going to give yourself a shot. I don't like to do predictions, but I, I think that they'll, you know, definitely have a, a, a shot at winning a basketball game. I just got a good feeling about this 76ers game. I, I thought they could have won that one the first time around, and, and now they're a little more clicking maybe. Like you said, they got a little bit of a boost from getting some wins behind them, so it wouldn't surprise me to, to see them pull that one out. But it's a very Wizards move to play well against the better teams, so I, I'm hopeful uh, 
that they, they have two good showings at least, and there's something to build on. Okay. Uh, Larry, I want to do like just basically new year's resolutions here a little bit. We'll run through, do some quick ones for you for a show uh, in the new year here. So we're basically obligated to do this, I think. Uh, um, so first one we got Bradley Beal. I had two. I just said, I want to keep seeing his all around game. Um, you know, the, the, def- the defense has been better at times. Uh, it's still sort of inconsistent effort, but, but he's shown some effort, I, I think, which is more than we saw a lot last year. And one that you hit on early that, that I'm, I'm now firmly latched onto is just sort of the body language thing. Like, don't be so wrapped up in these non calls. Like now everyone else on the team has started doing that. So I think you need to be able to set the example there and just sort of play through it. Yeah, for, for me, I think it's be more of a of an all-around player. And not saying he's not an all-around player. I think he's transitioned from coming into the league of just being a you know catch and shoot guy or a guy that can really shoot to now with the ability to put it off the bounce, you know, to get it off the bounce. And I think with with him, you know, going into this new year, just like that winning play he made, you know, with the hard drive, he made one hard drive to the basket to finish, and then the second hard drive was a drive to pull everybody in and a drop out. So I think that they get a little bit more of that from him. His teammates are excited to to produce. I think that they'll and he'll be, you know, successful as well. I haven't looked at the free throw totals this year compared to last year, but it feels like he's getting to the basket more and getting to the line more. So hopefully uh, that can continue. All right. Uh, Russell Westbrook, I'll let you uh, lead us off on this one. Well, I think we want to have patience, you know, have patience. You know, the ball is going to be in Russ's hands, um, you know, for the majority of the minutes. And what I like to see is, is him have more patience and be a little bit more focused on, making sure that the others are getting the shots that they need and really run, you know, the team as, as a point guard. Yeah. I had to get to the free throw line more. Um, I, I think that goes along with that too, but if, if he's getting to the line more that holds the defense, you know, more accountable and he can kind of create those kickouts and stuff too. Uh, all right. Denny Avdia, I, I just said sort of keep the attitude and the confidence. Um, I, I've liked sort of what he's said as much as what he's done so far. It just seems like he's not sort of afraid of the moment, which you see from some rookies. And I'll say film. Stay stay locked into that film. Uh, he has a really good understanding of the basketball game. Uh, we just need to watch film on, on and especially on defense to see, you know, that rhythm of, of how, you know, the defense is played on those first steps. And, uh, you know, he'll be better in the new year. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, all right, Rui Hachimura. Rui, I want to see Rui rebound and go. I want to see Rui rebound a basketball and push the ball. Obviously, you have, you know, Russ, who you want to get the ball in his hands, and obviously Brad, like we said, is going off the bounce. But I think if Rui can now, you know, rebound that basketball, put the pressure on the defense, even get Russ to the corners, get Brad to the corners, and let him use that, that body and his size, he'll have something, you know, something special as well. At any time he sees a guy six six or smaller on him, or 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 skinnier than him, uh, take him to the block. I've, I've liked that more this year than than what we saw from him shot selection wise last year. Uh, Thomas Bryant, keep using that energy, uh, you know, that he puts into the flexing and and the the yelling and all that good stuff in, into sort of positive, you know, positive physical presence. Yeah, that's another one. Film. Watch it. Watch a ton of film. Uh, keep adding pieces to your game. Keep adding angles to your game, uh, especially on the defensive end, because there's 
there's not really, you know, you, they, they always say he's undersized, but I don't think that's the case with the energy that he plays with. So watch a bunch of film and get those angles and negate the size. Yeah, I've heard that a couple times this year and over the last year too. I'm like, he's a pretty big dude. I mean, you know, he's he's not Joel Embiid big, but he's not. It's not like we're playing a six eight small. Isn't he's not Montrez Harrell? I mean, he's he's a bigger dude than that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, Davis Bertans. We gotta take better shots. Right, we gotta take that. better shots, right? I mean, that, that percentage is gonna go up. I mean, even when he takes a fall away, really catch defender you know, right in his, in his jock strap, it still looks like it's going in. You know, you still have that feeling of it's going in. Just imagine if we take those clean shots and clean threes. Let's get some better plays uh, for Davis. We can knock down some shots. I'd like to see him matched up with a couple bigger guys for a change. Like, people put a lot of wings on him. I, I don't know if it would be super successful to have us go small with him as, like, a center or something, but... Uh, it'd be nice to see a bigger dude chase him around for a change. That might allow him to to get a little more of, of a free look here or there, I would think. All right, Ish Smith, I had please stop settling for those long sort of half fadeaway two-pointers. That shit drives me totally nuts. I think focus. You know, focus. Let's run the game plan. We're going to come in and change the game. Just making sure that the guys that are on the court uh, that are that need to get a rhythm, you know, make sure that they're getting the you know the opportunities. He's a fast guy, man, but uh, they got to get those guys some shots when he comes in the game. Troy Brown Jr., uh, I had just sort of do what you do. You know, focus on, uh, on, on what your positives are. Confidence. Confidence and be, be an athlete. Be an athlete. It's too many times I see Troy, you know, I can almost look in, inside of his brain and see him thinking too much. But just, just be an athlete and play the game. Just to pause on that for a second, how much of that is like, not knowing your role like that's what i feel like with troy too is it just seems to me like they he doesn't know what they want him to do and, and that's why he seems to overthink does that seem reasonable to you that's true that's the truth i think that i'm not sure they figured out what troy's role is i think they're going to use this year to, to hopefully figure that out mm-hmm. uh because when you think about the team and the, the, the makeup is you're running you know you have a bunch of the the guards the lead guards the point guards they're all the same size so there's no change in in, in size so that would be a position that I would have liked to see Troy uh, understand that when you you come in, obviously you're going to be that push guy, the lead guy, and then you're going to play on the backside of that defense once we swing the ball around. So that would be my role for him is almost a, as a, you know, a combo backup, you know, sort mm-hmm. of sort of point guard with some some ball handling responsibilities. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That it- They tried that in the bubble, and it was a really short sample size with mixed results, and that seems to have been – they put that in the bag and, and have gone away from it. But uh, the him as a small ball power forward, I don't think has been particularly successful so far. Uh, all right, Robin Lopez. For me, it was just, hey, keep mentoring Mo Wagner so that maybe Wagner can take uh, Lopez's minutes as the season goes on. And keep being the enforcer. You know, keep keep being the enforcer. Keep taking up that space uh, with the team that's is searching for an identity, you know, you can start with the guy that's going to hold a presence, you know, definitely in, in, in the paint and have that mentality. Uh, what about Raul Neto? Uh, Neto, just understand your role. Uh, keep being, you know, doing what you're doing. Like you said, with, with, with Troy, uh, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's been a, you know, a little bit shaky of going in, in, in and out of games and, but keep, keep doing what you're doing. 
I, I swear to God, Larry, I have written down, just keep doing what he's doing. Neto hasn't been perfect, but he's been drastically outproducing his contract so far. So I, I've, I've liked everything he's done for the most part. And, and the kid can make shots. Yeah. He, he, can, he can make shots. Bonga had keep hitting the weights and continue to develop that three-point shot. Uh, these young guys, you know, make sure that you're tuned into the film. Uh, film is going to be, you know, your coach, your tutor, uh, your best friend. Uh, if you, you, you're watching film, then you can have questions. And if you can pose questions to your coach, that can get them started to figure out that, that you should be in a game, hoping that you can get some action. I like that. Uh, what about Mo Wagner? I like what Mo's doing. I know Mo's not playing, man, but keep being an inspiration to your team. There's no fans in the building. Uh, but when I'm watching those games on TV, I see you pacing and walking up the sideline. So that stuff uh, goes a long way. And you definitely have a game. Continue with that, uh, you know, that film work, and then hopefully you'll get, you know, get some of that action too. Yeah, the only thing I had for him was try, and it was something he talked about um, uh, on the show here was playing defense without fouling, and I think that goes back to your to your film work too. Is is understanding tendencies would probably allow him to to do that. Uh, how about Jerome Robinson? We got to find, you know, find a role again with all these guys. Film is going to be their best teacher. Uh, these are young guys that are coming into the league. Are you going to make your thread on the offensive end or on the defensive end? I think right now, uh, with the makeup of the team, it's really thinking about focusing on that defensive end, changing the game, uh, keeping those point guards out of the paint, keeping those bigs from rolling down. Uh, so that'll be a challenge for you in, in 2021. Yeah, I love that. Uh, mine was sort of similar. And, and just on the offensive side, it, it goes back to the confidence thing with him, I think, too. Like, it was largely unguardable at the collegiate level. And, and now we, uh, you know, we just haven't seen much of that in, in the pros here. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid to shoot the ball a couple of times last night. I thought uh, he had a wide open look that he could have taken and he took another dribble or dribbled into somebody and yeah. uh, see how that works out. Uh, the next couple of guys here, it's a, it's a little tougher to do because we're now into those guys that, that haven't played much, but anything for Anthony Gill, uh, practice, get it in practice. I know that with the schedule, how it's laid out, it's tough to, to show coaches what you can do in the game. So you gotta, you gotta get it in practice and, and that your shoot arounds and your practices are just like your game situation. So make sure that you're getting it just like it's a game. I want Gil to tell every horror story he has about playing overseas to some of these guys. So it scares them into working so hard that they never have to worry about being bounced from the league. Uh, all right, the big fella, AP, Pasha Sneaks. Uh, I just said push your teammates really hard in practice. Try to simulate being a big body for them to have to bang with. Yeah, get out, get on the court. Get on the court in 2021 any way possible. In, I, I forget the stat already, but in garbage time the other night, I want to say he had five turnovers in six minutes, and that was like a, a Wizards record. I mean, just that's that's not what you want to see in your in your couple garbage minutes. Yeah, that is not the way to do it. Uh, all right, Garrison Matthews, I just said, come in ready to to, to shoot, be ready to, to pull the trigger. You got to shoot the basketball. Uh, you got you to shoot the basketball. You, you're, you're brought here to, to figure out, you know, when and how you can make shots and figuring out when you can show that skill. But definitely once you get the chance to shoot the basketball, shoot the ball. Uh, last one on the, on the playing team or on the actual uh, playing roster here, Cassius Winston. Oh, uh, man, stay working. You know, young guy coming in out of out of college, you know, just just stay working. 
Um, it is a long season, even though we may talk about it being, you know, so short, things have to happen now. Just stay focused, uh, continue to learn uh, and ask questions. And just once you get in the game, play. Yeah, I said be Russell Westbrook's shadow. Just uh, just follow him around and, and see what you can soak in. All right, Scott Brooks. What would you like to see from Scott <laughs> is a 2021 resolution? I, I, I like to understand the strategy. I like to see see strategy from Scott. I like to understand just a little bit, you know, behind the scenes of, of what he's thinking uh, when you talk about matchups and you talk about roles and responsibilities and expectations. I'd like to know a little bit more uh, in, in this year. I had Barry, the four-point guard lineup. Uh, if we say, you know, uh, Troy is effectively a point guard for, for a lot of these situations, let's, let's, never, let's never roll that one back out there again. So Tommy Shepard, I just said, you know, don't, don't be uh, complacent. You know, keep working, trying to improve the roster. And, and they've said that they're going to stay in pad and see how it is. But to me, I think one more veteran wing would help. And I, I don't know how they get that. But I, I would keep working the phones if I were him. I would, I would, I would say the same thing. And again, making sure that the scouting team or the scouting group is really locked into what they're doing, obviously with the COVID situation and everything, because everybody can go and find that, you know, that person that's supposed to be that person, but it's a real skill. If you can find something that's a hidden gem, you know, so for a general manager, I think that that's very important is to, you know, have that ability, have those, have those tentacles out there where you can, you can, you know, find that talent. Uh, last one, the broadcast team, Justin Kutcher and uh, Drew Gooden. Anything you'd like to see from those guys? Uh, no, I, not, not really. Keep doing your job. Show up on time and leave on time. Uh, I had for for Kutcher. You don't have to laugh every time Drew Gooden speaks. Like he he drops some some gems there, but the not everything is funny. Come on, man. Uh all right, partner. That was pretty good. I think we hit everybody and and fast and furious there. So, any parting shots you want to leave folks with before the next week of Wizards basketball? No, just again, it's, it is a long season. Uh, these games are coming fast and they're coming uh, a little bit different. So just kind of soak it in and understand that this may be the way we view basketball uh, going forward in this sort of the baseball sort of, you know, kind of format where a team travels in and plays a couple games. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out throughout the course of the year and how many of those teams actually win, you know, both games. It's, it's really tough to, to beat a team twice like that. So we'll see how that goes. And hopefully Wizards are on the good end of the matchups and how the teams are scheduled to come in and play the games. And, you know, you can pull some, pull some wins out, you know, here in the, in the early 2021. My own resolution for myself as a fan was to not overreact so much from, from one game or even a couple plays. So I would encourage other folks to, to try that one out too. And uh, maybe let's give these guys 15 games before we decide who's good and who isn't or what this team is or isn't. Uh, all right, everybody, with that, that's the first Believe in Wizards uh, of the new year. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Larry, happy 2021 to you. Uh, same to you, man.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.